Hello and welcome to Wavemakers, the podcast where we get to know the people behind the ocean and water technologies that are destined to become climate solutions. I'm Tamara Khan and I'm delighted to be able to host this show here on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. I honestly feel constantly excited to have the privilege of learning about and introducing you, the listeners, to the personalities and their visions and often the challenges they're facing as they navigate the rough waters of startup life in this blue tech industry. This episode marks one year since I started this Wavemakers journey and happens to be the last episode of 2022. So I wanted to use it to do a little check-in, a sort of year in review. So no guests on this one, it's just me. Let's have a little heart to heart. I'll get into a little about why I set out on this endeavor, a recap of what we've managed to discover over the course of conversations with 12 wonderful guests, and even touch on where I hope this is headed in 2023. If you're a regular listener, and I thank you very much for that, you know I generally start by asking guests about their background and what led them to the voyage they've embarked on in the blue tech industry. Personally, before my career began in geology and geophysics and ocean bottom electromagnetic surveys, (laughs) I came from a family of ocean lovers and nature appreciators. My parents moved us from South Africa to the United States when I was very young. My dad had long dreamed of getting to this land of opportunity. And growing up, I watched him experience the ups and downs as he ran his own business. And I think it really put me off being an entrepreneur myself. But a couple of years ago, I found myself working in San Diego with blue tech companies, big and small. This was really a welcome shift from what I'd been studying at Scripps Institution of Oceanography, because to be perfectly honest, learning about climate change can be a real drag. Imagine all that bad news you hear all the time, and then imagine diving into the causes and the short-term effects and the long-term effects and all the nitty-gritty. So working to help people that were actually trying to do something about it, yeah, that suited me far better. My favorite part was talking to and supporting the people behind the companies hearing their stories over a beer and learning about what was driving them was so inspiring and uplifting. I'd go away and tell friends and families about the companies and technologies I was working with, and sometimes they'd be pretty intrigued. So it soon occurred to me that people outside of the ocean and water technology bubble that I was living in had absolutely no idea of the innovative things that were happening in this industry. The positive side to climate change. This podcast is my offering to change that. And in a way, it's become my own little startup, though it's still a passion project. And it's been so much fun. First off, the coastal news today, folks, are good fun and have taught me a thing or two about media. Hopefully, you've sampled some of the other podcasts on this network. And secondly, it's been great because I've learned a lot. Bringing interesting innovators and their amazing technologies to your attention was what I set out to do with this podcast. But it turns out it's really fulfilling to me to learn from the startups that I talk to. It also helps me in the work I'm currently doing, supporting very early stage founders as they try to find traction for their ocean innovations. I think the number one thing most of these founders I've come across have in common is that they are really inspired by the need to do something good for the world, to fix something that's very clearly wrong. They care about people. They care about the people helping them and about the people in ocean-related industries dealing with the problems? Take Sai Katara of Headlight. 
His company is making easier the job of those people working in infrastructure and natural disaster planning and response. Or Sarah Aubrey of Net, Net Your Problem. She and founder Nicole Baker work closely with fishers to find a way to make repurposing retired fishing gear a win-win. They also care about the people of future generations. Both Courtney Opshog of Blue Ocean Gear and Jim Mullins of Earthwise spoke to me about their own children and their hopes to help leave things a bit improved. Their whys are often very aligned and motivational. These companies also have interesting origin stories, like Jim Mullins of Earthwise, who shared how an accident in a surfboard factory led to a more eco-friendly oil spill cleanup product. Or how Elisa Miller found her job with Blue Robotics on Craigslist when the founder was searching for help. That leads me to another notable thing I'd like to point out. When that Blue Robotics founder, Rusty Jahangir, started Blue Robotics in his garage, ROVs and thrusters like he was building, they already existed. His idea was to make affordable robots and remotely operated vehicles. They were affordable and tip-top quality. He's doing a great job of it. It, this still-growing company actually started as a Kickstarter-funded endeavor. And Joe Waffle and Judd Kaufman started TerraDepth with the goal to democratize ocean data, making it cheaper and faster to collect and more affordable. Their Google for the Ocean, as they call it, builds on what has been done and streamlines collection and visualization of this ocean data. So it's easier to use and helps people have better information. What I'm trying to say is these are not new ideas. The challenge is being the one who can do things better than anyone else, but also can explain it to the right people so you win support and often funding. I see that people are most successful when they really do their market research before they even start. And then after diving in, they're flexible and clever enough to pivot when they need to. That's really key as often you get going and you find out what it is that people really want. You may have heard of Slack or Discord both of these chat programs were actually initially trying to be gaming companies. They found that their messaging platform section was what people really wanted, so they went with that. In our Blue Tech case, Courtney of Blue Ocean Cure had an idea to make smart traps for the fishing industry. And she quickly learned from the fishermen and the people she spoke to that they really wanted the GPS monitoring boys part of that. Or in the case of Michael Ahrens and David Constantine of Clean Earth Rovers, they wanted to tackle the issue of ocean plastics, but through lots of research, it became clear that so much of the plastic in the ocean, the open ocean, comes down through the rivers and ports. So they needed to design their robot to be smaller and serve small bodies of water like ports and marinas, the plastic's first port of entry, so to speak. So our creative and successful innovators don't actually reinvent the wheel. They learn from what others have done, especially what they've not done quite right, and they make simple fixes. Simple solutions to complex problems. Right, listener Cole? This is not always easy. Not easy at all, really. Simple, but not easy. Obviously, there's some trial and error on the way to finding that simple solution. Which brings me to another point I've learned. How these wave makers learn from failure those of others and those of their own. I've often heard this and I really see it in these founders that they embrace failure. They appreciate the struggle as my high school algebra teacher used to drill into us. The founders and people working with these blue tech startups 
are not just gluttons for punishment, though. They're driven to solve. It's clear there's a passion and a willingness to work and struggle and address all those many sorts of barriers to entry and battle to get their innovations funded and adopted because it's crucial to them that they succeed in getting them out there in the world, helping protect and even restore the ocean and waterways. Entrepreneurs, to me, are people who can't sit idly by when there's a better way. Malta Nebelschutz of Shore Buddies reminded us an entrepreneur has to constantly remind themselves of that question, that why am I here? So they all have some degree of that learn from mistakes, keep your eye on the ball, keep on trucking attitude. That could possibly be a great note to wrap this episode and the year on, but there are other points I want to quickly mention that I've enjoyed dipping into this year. One is a bit unexpected to me. It's government, the policy side of things. And the other is workforce development. Regarding policy, from my chat with Tim Galliadet, we heard how the government looks at these small innovators and where the opportunities lie for innovators to work with government projects. There are other government agencies we didn't get into, and I want to look into that as far as their needs when it comes to Blue Tech Solutions. There's certainly more to learn about funding as well. Yi Chao and his company C-Trek, who I spoke to back in January of this quickly disintegrating year, is a good example of this. And he's won government funding to support his unique energy capture system several times, which by the way, I'm just going to say is a fun episode to check out. I really think it's so neat that one can use the change in water temperature to power equipment. I mean, after you learn about it, it totally makes sense. Heat is energy after all. But it's sort of one of those good ideas that you wonder why no one else has thought of or maybe put into practice before. I plan to check in on you again in 2023. Anyway, as I was saying, there are agencies and sectors looking for ideas and companies to fund. More recently, Michael Penfield and I discussed how innovation drives policy, even though policy regulates innovation. We talked about how this needs to take into account environmental protection. And we spoke about the barriers to adoption, which include public awareness and understanding, and at times participation. I like to believe there's plenty more opportunity to improve there. And I'll point out that people, just every day, all people are a big piece of that, which wraps me nicely into the last topic, which I hope to cover more in 2023, workforce and workforce development. These companies, these startups, they care about people. They're aware that they need to adapt to recruit and to transfer knowledge to the new incoming workforce. It's another point I think that stands out to me from this year, how a lot of the companies that are successful are more and more focused on their people, their workforce, as well as their customer. Companies are adapting. They're adopting their tech to both recruit the workforce of the future and help teach that workforce as they bring them on. In July's episode of Wavemakers with Malta of Shore Buddies, he mentions his role model, the company Patagonia, that has done such a good job of putting their people first for a long time now. And both Headlight and TerraDepth told me how they're working to essentially modernize the user experience with data that's been collected, making everyone's job easier and seems to me more interesting and effective. This aspect of workforce development has always fascinated me. So like I said, hope to touch on that a little more in the new year. 2023, we'll see Wavemakers bring more discussions with amazing people starting movements in ocean and water. I hope you'll join me aboard this Good Ship podcasting for more robots, more repurposing of ocean plastics, more people working with technology 
to help protect, save, and even restore our oceans, coasts, and waterways. Like Michael Penfield and I discussed, we're looking for simple solutions to those complex problems that we're facing. And many of these small blue tech businesses and startups have them. I might spice up the format a little bit, including having more fireside chat-like systems with guests like Michael Penfield and Tim Gallaudet, experienced and knowledgeable people that are working with founders to really push the boundaries of our financial system and our nation's and our world's policies. Also expect to hear more from Daniel Kleiman, my colleague at Seaworthy, as among other things, he brings to the table perspective from both working with startups and starting his own. I'm excited to be doing this and really grateful to the listeners that are supporting. I especially like to hear that listeners and everyone reaches out to the guests after hearing them on the podcast. So please keep it up. I'm excited to continue to grow and improve over this next new year and bring you shows that are even more compelling. So with that, I'll say Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you so much. And thank you to the American Shoreline Podcast Network for producing the show. Please keep in touch with me via LinkedIn, Instagram, at Lady Blue Tech. Would love to hear from you about what sort of New Year's resolution you're making to support these innovators and wave makers that you feel are impacting or impactful to you. Let me know how you'll make your own waves in 2023.